55 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. The Farm Bureau studio is lit up. As the kids would say, it's lit. I I just mean it that the lights are on and we're broadcasting live to you in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, what's up on a Friday? I'm Matt here in the uh, studio. Speaking of Farm Bureau, just a reminder and a hat tip and a can't wait until less than a week. Thursday night, October 3rd at Char Restaurant. It'll be the football film study dinner presented by Madison County Farm Bureau Insurance. Bob Atkins and the uh, folks there at the Madison County Farm Bureau office, if you haven't been by there and seen them, go see them. They're right there on Ebenezer, right next to the railroad track, just like you can throw a rock down there and hit the caboose that's parked out there on the intersection. You know where I'm talking about. So really looking forward to uh, that event next week, and I'll continue to remind you about that for the next week. So can't wait. And then, of course, Tuesday night, we got the film study dinner up in my hometown of Tupelo at Park Heights. If you want to go to any of those, check them out online, mattwyattmedia.com. Go to the events page and click it, and you'll see it right there. Well, 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 it is Friday. And I just got a text a reminder that it is apropos because if I wait until Monday, then it'll be past tense. But in the show opening, in this show opening, uh, you hear Jack Crystal calling a play that's a touchdown catch by Matthew Butler against Auburn, Mississippi State versus Auburn, 1999, 20 years ago. Beaver is in the studio today for Roger. Beaver, how old are you? 36. 36. So you're old enough to remember this 20 years ago. You were 16 in 1999. Now, you may not have have been watching or paying attention at 16, and there's lots of other things to watch and pay attention to at 16 (laughs) than uh, college football. But, yeah, so you would have been 16 when this happened. It was a really special deal. For me personally, but it's not about one person. It's not about that. Winning a game or something is about the team and what it all means. But it's it's going to be a kind of a neat thing tomorrow when um, I go to Jordan-Hare to broadcast the game for State on the radio with Neil Price and see the stadium and the campus. I enjoy going back there every two years just because, yeah, it's close to home. I always get to see some family when I go and always get to see some friends that I haven't seen in a long time when I go. But I always enjoy game day on their campus. It's great. It really is. Um, their football. Auburn has done it right over the years in maintaining a collegiate feel to everything on their campus, including football. So their football stadium is smack dab in the middle of their college campus. 
they don't have this one centralized kind of sort of tailgating area like you do at Ole Miss or at State. Theirs is really people just tailgate spread out over the entire campus, but it's still all around the stadium because that's what the campus is. And then in their stadium, it's huge, you know, 85 or 90,000 people, whatever it is. But the way the stadium's built, you still, it has a college feel to it. Frankly, you just don't have that when you go to Tuscaloosa. You don't really have that. It doesn't just feel that same way when you go to like Texas A&M or or Kentucky, where the st- the stadium is out away from campus, you know, but you you get it because you're right in the middle of all the buildings and all the the other campus facilities. You know, the football stadium, you throw a rock across the street and hit the baseball stadium at uh, Auburn. So I always enjoy going, but it's going to be neat because 20 years ago it was a special deal. It really was. Uh, let's, I, you know what? I'm going to do this. I haven't done this. Everybody hears this enough. Here's that intro with that call. Let me play it for you. 25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Let me tell you what was so special about that. Um... You know, in in regards to a team sporting event, even now, 20 years later, I kind of hate to sit here and and in some way spin it and weave it into it being about me. It's not about me. The, The deal is about a team. It's about a school. It's about a whole group of people, win or lose, certainly on the win. But what I'm doing now 20 years later is just kind of looking back, and I can reminisce and remember on a personal side, how it was so special. Because, you know, for me in my football career, again, long, long time ago, and being from Alabama, it was always special to play against those teams in that state. And in the years that I was in school at Mississippi State in the late 90s, it was um, it was a good time to be there at state. We, we, we beat Alabama a bunch of times, I guess three out of four years. We beat Auburn a bunch of times, three out of the four years that when, when I was in school. We had really good teams. Uh, we beat Ole Miss three out of the four years we played. I mean, again, we had really good teams and we had a lot of success. And and in that time, we had a lot of success against those teams from from Alabama, both Alabama and Auburn. And but you know, like early in my career, I'd started games as a freshman and kind of earned the starting job as a sophomore, but then did not play very well at all as a sophomore. And ultimately, at the beginning of my junior year, got benched. And Wayne Madkin, who was a freshman in 98, took over at quarterback and really played well, helped play us into the SEC championship game that year. And then so 99, 20 years ago, that was my senior year, your final year in college. And I pretty much knew there's going to be no NFL future for me or anything like that. So that was pretty much it. Knew that. And uh, was able to help the team win some games. Play a bunch that year and kind of in and out. I never was really like I never really regained the starting role as a quarterback in 99, but played in just about all of our games and played, you know, a lot of snaps at times uh, for different reasons. Um, but that was one of them. Uh, so in, in, I guess, second quarter of that game 20 years ago at Auburn, we were undefeated. And I can't ever remember. It seems like we were 5-0 and going in, something like that. And in that second quarter, Wayne, um, who was running our offense and doing a pretty good job, but we were – we weren't scoring a lot of points. Auburn wasn't either. It was a pretty tight game in the first half, but late second quarter, Wayne injures a finger on his throwing hand. It was like a torn tendon, 
in, in a finger in his throwing hand, and he could not grip the football. That was it for him that day. Done. And so they basically came to me at halftime and said, okay, the rest of the game's going to be yours. And we went out, and we, we really couldn't get the run game going in the third quarter. Uh, they built a little bit of a lead on us. We had an early turnover. I threw an early interception there in the third quarter. Had to go make a tackle. Um, and we get into the fourth quarter. We were down 16 nothing at one point in the fourth quarter. We ran a trick play, which was kind of a throwback, you know, roll out and a throwback to the middle that we completed, and it got us in field goal range. And uh, Westerfield went out there and hit a field goal, made it 16-3. And uh, you look up, and it's 16-3 with about three and a half minutes left. People were leaving, going home, and and then we just turned the switch on, went into our two-minute offense, and had a seven-play scoring drive, throw it right on down the field and score. Made it a one-score game. Defense got a stop, got us a ball back, and we uh, we run a fake Hail Mary and completed it, ran it down to the 10-yard line with a minute or so left or less than a minute, and then a couple plays later we throw a touchdown to Matthew Butler, who made an incredible catch under pressure getting hit by a DB to put us ahead, and we won 18-16. to So we scored 15 points, basically, in the last two minutes of the ballgame to come from behind and win. And people who were there, they still talk to me about it. Everywhere I go, it seems like people remember that game. And it's neat. It's neat that people remember something like that, as opposed to some of the other things, frankly. And um, Last week in Vicksburg, we had the football film study dinner in Vicksburg at the Anthony. And some guys from Port Gibson came up for that. And after the event, they pulled me over to the side, and, and the one guy said, hey, I just have to tell you something. I said, what is it? He said, I went to that Auburn game in 1999. He said, me and two buddies, so three of them, he said, we left Jackson on that Friday, drove to Selma, Alabama, and got a hotel room with one bed in it. <laughs> so three dudes, one hotel room with one bed. They just want to go to a game. And they drove over to Auburn the next day. And he said, I'm just going to be honest with you. He said, I feel like I need to confess something. I said, what is it? He said, we left the game early. He said, it wasn't me. He said, but one of the guys with us was just fed up. He couldn't stand it anymore. And about three or four minutes left, decided we just were leaving. He said, and we left the stadium, and we were still within eyesight of the stadium when we heard the state band playing and our fans going crazy. He said, we stopped at a tailgate to find out that state had come back and won. You guys had come back and won. I said, well, that's not bad. I've talked to a lot of people who left that game early. He said, but that's not all. He said, the next morning back home, I went to church, and it's Sunday school. He said, my Sunday school teacher, right there in church, asked me in front of others, hey, y'all went to the game. Did you leave early? And he said, I have to confess, I lied right through my teeth right there in church. I said, no, we didn't leave. <laughs> he said, we stayed. <laughs> He said, and I've, I've felt guilty this entire time for lying to my Sunday school teacher about it. And I've talked to more people who over the years told me that they were at home watching on television. It was a Jefferson Pilot game, and they, they got angry with about three and a half, four minutes left. There was a fumble, and they just turned the television off and went outside. And that was it. Only to find out later that we had come back and won. I've talked to others who left the game that were there, who left, got in their car, started driving away, turned the radio on, heard the comeback, and pulled their car over on the side of I-85 going back to Montgomery and got out and rang cowbells at people driving by on the highway. 
So as a player, you know, anybody who's been fortunate enough to go through it and, and have a chance to be on a team, it doesn't necessarily you know, matter which team, but anybody who's had the opportunity to put on a uniform and run out of a tunnel after months and months and years of weightlifting seven days a week, what it feels like, and running and agility is at 5.30 in the morning and practice in the heat in August after years and years and years of that. Anybody who's ever been through that is going to know what I'm about to say. And that is, you, you don't get this feeling of um, accomplishment that sticks with you for 20 years because you're proud of yourself. You don't have this poke your chest out moment as a player in college and that sticks with you because it was just all that much fun. <laughs> it was fun. But it sticks with you because there simply is nothing like the feeling of pride that you get as a player when you look all your teammates and coaches in the eye and you know you did something to help them win as a team. Because, you know, as a player, you watch all, you see everything that everybody goes through, the injuries, the rehab, the sacrifice, again, the lifting, the running, the work, the sweat, the hitting, the tackling, the up-downs, the heat in August, all that stuff that goes, you know. And so I experienced a lot of both, frankly, in my career, where I, I knew what how awful it felt as a young player to know that I did things that helped us lose. And, and my teammates, frankly, I knew they didn't deserve it. I had teammates who didn't deserve to lose that game. But And, and you live with that in some ways the rest of your life. But on the other end of that spectrum, it's almost hard to explain how good that feels to after a game like that, to do something and look all those teammates in the eyes. You know, that was one experience in my career where after the game, the coach called me up and I got a game ball and got to stand in front of my team and in the locker room where we're still sweating with our uniforms on and say something, you know. And that feeling of being able to look them all in the eye and know that all this work that they've all put in, you were able to do something to help the team win. There's just nothing like it. There's almost not words to describe it. And so here I am, old guy, slow, overweight, inflexible. Is it unflexible or inflexible? Every speck of any athletic ability is gone. So is the hair, the muscles. <laughs> I've exchanged muscles for body fat, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's 20 years ago, but I can still feel it. I can still feel it. I don't have to hear the call from Jack Crystal. It helps. But I can still close my eyes and feel it, man. What it felt like when, when we took a knee at the end after a Fred Smoot interception with about two seconds left, we, or, or whatever it was. We take a knee and we kill that game and that feeling in that locker room. And then being able to you know, take that final knee and you got a football. I had a football in my hand and from the last play. And all of our team ran over in front of the Mississippi State cheering section, the fans, the band, high fives, big celebration going on. And about, I don't know, 25, 30 rows up is my family sitting up there. And uh, my dad, my mom, my sister, 
And I had the football, so I heave it up into the stands and throw a strike to my dad 25 rows up, and he catches it. And he was able to hang on to that football as far as I'm pretty sure he still has it. And, you know, again, one of those uh, moments you experience that, and all it takes is one time to experience that to make it all worth it. That's why you, like Bill Parcells said, that's why you lift all those weights. That's why you do all that running. Is because that feeling of winning, whoo, it, it's something else. There's almost nothing like it. You know, there's just almost nothing like it. So here we are 20 years later. And so to everybody, yesterday, I, um, you know, on Facebook, your Facebook page will give you these reminders of things you posted, you know, ever how many years ago. You know, you posted this picture on this date three years ago and things like that. So yesterday, I um, looked on my Facebook page and there's this reminder of this video that I shared because back in 2014, um, Bob Carscadden, who was working for Mississippi State then, he did a nice video and he interviewed me and they put it together, kind of reliving that game. At that time, it was the 15-year mark. Now it's the 20-year mark. So I saw it. It reminded me of it. I shared it again. I said, this has been 20 years now. And man, the responses of, of everyone on Twitter and on Facebook, of people remembering where they were. And my buddy Stephen Augustinelli, he left. How all those guys, hey, Dad, and all those guys, how could y'all let Stephen walk out of that stadium? He missed a comeback. Mary on Twitter listening right now. She says, I did not leave early. Great game. Yeah, you got to stay. You never know. It is not over. Two scores is nothing with three minutes left. I don't care how the game's gone to that point. Uh, Lots of people on Facebook commenting. Lynn said, that's why you never give up. Eric says, that was a great year. It was in the student section for that game. John says, I never leave early or stop listening to a state game even when I know we're going to lose. <laughs> Suzanne on Facebook says, uh, we were there. We always stayed till the end. People, because uh, of games like this, it must have stung a lot to the Auburn fans. He's, but they said that uh, many Auburn fans were still nice after the game. That's another thing about Auburn. I, everybody has different experiences at different places. You know, all it takes is one rude fan to ruin your image of an entire fan base on the road or something like that. But man, every time we've I've ever gone to Auburn, people are really nice. Um, they're happy to be there. You, you know, I've always been treated with respect at Auburn, and the fans are always again really nice inside the stadium, outside the stadium. And it's probably another reason why I always look forward to going there for games. Uh, so I think a lot of people have had that experience. So you know. Auburn, among SEC schools and fan bases, in terms of road trips, Auburn has never gotten a reputation as being a rough place for visiting fans to go. Just pretty much, I mean, over the years, their reputation is it's a very welcoming place. Now, they're going to yell and scream and get really loud and and, and beat your brains out in there a lot, but they're nice about it, (laughs) or at least the fans are. Other places, not so much. I mean, it can be tough on opposing fans at LSU. I've never had a personally a bad experience. It can be rough on opposing fans at Georgia. You know, I've had I have some family that had a rough time in a Georgia trip. But Auburn, 
has a reputation of being a place that it's just it's really fun for everybody to go. So uh, we're looking forward to that tomorrow. All right. So a few Auburn memories for you here on what is soon to be the eve of the game. Of course, it'll happen uh, tomorrow night. Chris on Facebook said, and this is Chris, my uh, long-lost cousin down the line somewhere, Chris, former Prattville High School quarterback, won a state championship there in 1984. He said, you said a mouthful. As a former athlete, you don't realize until later you only get that one shot, and then it's gone. You can't play football when your body's old. That's it. That's it. It's not like golf. <laughs> it is uh, – you get one shot at it. And that's – look, in terms of the eligibility stuff too, Chris, in college football, it's one of the things I love that this decision they made to let players maintain a redshirt year yet still play in up to four games. Because they're already telling you you have this really tiny window of opportunity to play college ball. They're saying five years, five-year window. When that comes and goes, you're done. You know, unless you're a minor league player who comes back or something. So I like within that window of eligibility, I like them giving you more opportunities to get on the field because it's such a small window of time in your grand scheme of things anyway. All right, so we're just getting started on a Friday show. We've got Mary Liddy's SEC football picks coming up. I'll play that for you. Uh, We'll go over the games, times, where to watch, when, all that, and plenty of stuff on this Friday show, as you can imagine, in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back with Beaver. Good old Beaver in the Farm Bureau studio. Beaver, what does it feel like to get to do extra work on a Friday? <laughs> oh, and, and let me tell you how great it feels, Matt. Um, let's say I was here for Chris's show, which runs right into your show. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be here for Jake's show. And then I'll be here to run Clinton football tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm here all day. So I love it. I love working 14-hour days. I'm picking up your sarcasm. Well, I should hope so because I'm laying it on pretty thick, right? No, Matt, whoa, 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 Matt Wyatt. Legitimately, I need to speak to you for a second. Yeah, hit, hit me with it. What have I done here? No, you've done something amazing. Like, we just had a moment because I kid you not, I didn't know you were about to finish that quote. Like, I thought you were going to cut it off at I'm picking up your sarcasm. And I'm not joking one bit. I was going to say, well, I hope so because I'm laying it on pretty thick. Tommy boy. Tommy boy. Hey, I can't Nicely see done. you, but I'm giving you a fist bump right now, Beaver. You can't Boom. see it. Boom, right there it is. We are locked in in the Farm Bureau studio, and Beaver gets uh, a round of applause for basically spending the night in the studio. I don't know if y'all know that. There's a cot in the corner over there, you know, like an old-fashioned cot. Like you go to camp, they have a cot. They got a cot in the studio for Beaver. He's got a sleeping bag on it. Underneath there is a little zip. Locked bag with some Cheetos in case he gets uh, the munchies, gets hungry. Uh, and so very often he spends the night in the studio. 
I made all that up. Here we go. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter, you see it right here. Here are the numbers. If you're listening, let me give them to you. First, I'm going to preface, Beaver, we had somebody, Bobby called in yesterday who was traveling, and he said he listened to the entire two-hour gridiron and was really angry that they never gave out the phone number. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah, I got some text about that today, Yeah, it was. He really went on and on, and people on the text line started texting in, telling him to shut up, and they really came to y'all's defense. Uh, so I just thought I'd pass that along. All right. Oh. Here it is. Divinity Equipment phone. If you want to be on the show, you can on the phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. 995-1059. 601 number, 995-1059. Text me on the text line at 601-885-ESPN or 885-3776. And as always on Twitter, at Radio Wyatt. At Radio Wyatt. Send your tweets there. First up on the phone line, Austin's been hanging on a while. Austin, thanks for calling on a Friday. What's up, man? Hey, Matt. How are y'all doing today? As far as I know, we're okay. Thank you. Good, good. Hey, I don't want to relive all the Auburn talk, but to take me down memory lane, I wanted to share a quick story from that 1999 game. I was a a freshman in high school, and ironically enough, I was on a marching band festival trip in Prattville, Alabama. Wow. So, how about uh, that? I thought how ironic it was. <laughs> now, my buddy is a diehard Auburn fan, and we were ninth graders before a lot of the newfangled technology and whatnot. So we got a hold of a little handheld radio that we borrowed from another one of my friends to listen wow. to the last, you know, five, six minutes right there on the big yellow dog. How about and, that? Uh, I can remember um, when Butler caught the touchdown pass. My buddy, who's an Auburn fan, um, he got so mad that he uh, he broke my other friend's handheld radio. <laughs> you know, now in 1999, that was fairly a big deal, mm-hmm. of course, because sure. right. <laughs> you know uh, that was the lifeline for music and for you know being cool and all that stuff. So sure. uh, right. of course, I ran off the bus celebrating, but. Uh, <laughs> I just want to, so so thank you for uh, taking me down memory lane, but I think you owe my buddy a handheld radio okay. for this day. So I tell you what, I'm gonna ha- blame you for that. Happy to buy him a radio. You just put me, you put there me you in touch. Appreciate the story, Austin. Good stuff. Yeah, have a good one. You too, man. Thank you. I, I love those so much. I mean, for obvious reasons, it's a little flattering, but I have heard some of the best stories over the years that y- y'all have either came up and said, "Hey, I got to tell you." Or I've run into you, or you've called or texted the, the some of the best stories about things that happen. Um, I'm trying to look for it here. Somebody, maybe it was on, okay, so it's on Twitter. Listen to this one. Will tweeted in. Again, it's a game 20 years ago. He said, we left our seats with Auburn fans, car keys jingling. You know what I mean? If I had my car keys, I'd do it. But they jingle their car keys at you when you're leaving because, you know, they're beating you. He said, so the Auburn fans were doing that as they left their seats. He said, we stopped on the ramp, watched the finish, and waited on Auburn fans with our own car keys jingling when fortunes re- reversed there at the end of the game. I love that. I love those stories. So uh, here on the text line at 885-ESPN. Unnamed texter says, Matt, where is Wayne Madkin now, and do you keep in contact with him? Well, you know, I have his number, and we've texted from time to time I've had him on the radio before, 
he lives, as far as that last time I checked, which was only a couple months ago, Wayne was uh, working and living in Clinton. So he's right here in Clinton. And uh, we wouldn't, I wouldn't say I run into him often, but we certainly keep in, in, in touch or have some over the years. Norman says, Matt, I'm convinced enough. Three out of four against Ole Miss, Auburn, and Bama while you were playing. We just a uh, Matt Voodoo doll on the sideline tomorrow. That's what you need, huh? A Matt Voodoo doll? Yeah, well, I didn't, I'll promise you I didn't have nearly as much to do with those wins back in the 90s as other guys did. You know, J.J. Johnson and Smoot and all those guys. Um, and most of those, I was just as much a bystander as you were. <laughs> Many of them, anyway. Um, you're right in that element. That somebody texted in and said, that's what makes high school football great. You're exactly right. A lot of – I hope – I still hope that coaches and players that are involved and even a lot of fans who are involved with a high school football program can block out and ignore all the talk and noise about Air quotes here, the next level. Which players are being recruited? Which ones are going to college? What are scouts saying about this guy? And where is he going on his visit? And who's he committed to? And I just wish that players and coaches in high school and high school fans could block all that crap out because that's not what high school football is about. If it happens for somebody, great. And that's maybe for the media to worry about. But for you, go to the game, go to the stadium, and be in the present fully because it is such a privilege and such a thrill to wear the colors of your home team and the buddies that you've grown up with. You weren't recruited to be there. You grew up there. It's your place. And to go out and butt heads with somebody and try to win a game. And then when you do, again, to look all those guys in the eye who you've been going through mat drills since you were in the fourth grade together to know that you helped each other win a game. There's nothing like it. That camaraderie never, ever will leave you. It'll be with you when they lower you into the ground. Uh, White Denzel on the text line says, Matt, can Schrader have another magical moment like you did? And that come from behind victory at Jordan here? It's always possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. And let's face it, I mean... Athletically, that kid is—he's up there now. He's elite. Six four two twenty runs a four, you know, four four low four five. True freshman making throws from one hash to the opposite sideline. He's got a bright future. And I get it. Somebody unnamed texter Beaver. How about this? Somebody texts in and says, "Are you going to cry or what, Matt?" <laughs> no, I'm not going to cry. It's really hard to get me to cry. I'm not someone who it just happens a lot. Some people it does. It's neither right nor wrong. It just doesn't happen with me. I've had times in my life, you know, where maybe something emotional where everybody around you is crying and you feel insecure and kind of inadequate because you're not crying. You ever you ever been in those shoes? I've been there. So Bill says on the text line, at home for lunch today, so I'm watching Facebook Live. Thank you for watching on Facebook. I always thought you were busy during the breaks, but now I realize Beaver must be the one hustling during the breaks because he watched me during a commercial break just sitting here, talking on the phone, drinking coffee. <laughs> Look, never mistake it. The one, the one talking is the easiest job. It's the easiest part of radio. The hard part's the ones you don't see or hear from as much. Right, Beaver? 
Yes, Matt Wyatt. You know what? You were the first host to ever admit that. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, look, and I think what it is, here's part of the reason that I'm happy, I'm, I'm happy to admit it, Beaver, is for other parts of my career and things I'm involved in and the way this all works, I am, I've become pretty fluent in all the back end stuff, you know, mixing audio, recording, posting, keeping all this stuff going live at once and understanding video and audio equipment and how to do it. So I understand the challenge of making sure everything goes off without a hitch smoothly. Cause all it takes is one little lapse in and and taking a deep breath and and all of a sudden something slips through and gets on the air or doesn't get on the air. So I have a great appreciation for it. Carla, I'm not trying to make you cry. I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs> what is this that she tweeted to somebody else? Carla sent somebody a picture on this text line of David Hasselhoff sitting on top of Kit. Night Rider premiered September 26, 1982. So that was yesterday. What a great show. Night Rider. What a great theme song. Look that one up if you haven't already. Okay, and Res Dog, I'll get to your text. But next, here's what we're going to do we're going to look at SEC Games Start Times TV, make sure we're all versed in that for tomorrow's action. And then I'll let you hear my eight year old daughter, Mary Liddy, and her picks for week five of SEC play. That's coming up in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Back with you in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Reminding you, uh, they can fix your phone. I also mentioned this to you um, yesterday. They've got great deals on prepaid. And I, I told you some about that yesterday. Um, you can get... You know, a, a basically a, a light new iPhone, not the newest model, but the iPhone 6, iPhone 6S for like 50 bucks and get a prepaid plan to go with it. So you're set up without, if you're not ready to sign up long-term. So go to cspire.com slash prepaid and you'll see what I'm talking about. SEC games tomorrow and start times. Why don't we throw a little ambience in there with it also? Still going to get to your texts and phone calls. Hang in there. All right, so tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. on ESPN, so the game that will follow game day with Herb Street and Corso. It's not where they are. It's just the game that will be on when they go off the air. Tomorrow, 11 a.m. Central on ESPN. It's 23rd-ranked A&M at Arkansas. Interestingly, both teams are 2-2, two and two, but there's like a Grand Canyon difference between those two teams. Also, 11 a.m. on the SEC Network, it's Northern Illinois at Vanderbilt. 1-2 versus 0-3 Vandy. Vandy about a touchdown favorite. 2-30 on CBS is 2-2 Ole Miss at undefeated Alabama, number two in the country. Bama is like a 40-point favorite, depending on where you look. 
3 o'clock SEC Network. Snoozer! Towson at Florida. Florida is 4-0, ranked ninth. ESPN, 6 o'clock. Prime time. Mississippi State at Auburn. State 3-1. Auburn 4-0, number 7. Auburn a 10-point favorite according to ESPN, whatever they look at there. And then at 6.30 on the SEC Network, Kentucky at South Carolina. Kentucky 2-2, 0-2 in the SEC. South Carolina at home, they're 1-3 and 0-2 in the SEC, but they are a field goal favorite at home over Kentucky. Uh, So those are your games. Now, our real treat. This uh, we didn't get to do this this past week because our our Thursday Friday last week just kind of blew up on us and and the schedules had to be adjusted and a uh, little champ the miniature schnauzer uh, had to be taken care of and he's doing well I think we're finally going to get him home maybe today so thanks for prayers for the dog but it's back our segment we're going to try to do this every week my eight year old daughter the cutest sweetest smartest little girl. This side of the Milky Way, Mary Liddy and her picks for the SEC in week five. All right. Morning, Mary Liddy. Good morning. All right. So uh, let's pick some games. Okay. And the first one is Texas A&M. and Arkansas. Texas A&M at Arkansas. They go to Arkansas. Okay. Now, A&M is the Aggies. Okay. Arkansas is the Razorbacks. That's the Hogs. Who's going to win? Hmm. I think the Texas A&M thing. The Texas A&M thing? Yeah. That's a good pick. Also, uh, you have Northern Illinois, and they're going to Vanderbilt. Northern Illinois, what are they? Are they the, they're the Huskies. See the dog? Uh-huh. It's a type of dog, the Huskies. Okay. Maybe, I think maybe the Vanderbilt. Yeah. Why? Uh, I don't know. I just guessed. <laughs> <laughs> just a guess? Okay. Vanderbilt's in Nashville. You've been to Nashville? Yeah. That's where they're going to play. Remember we went to the American Doll store up there? For <laughs> my birthday. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Ole Miss, the Rebels, and they play at Alabama. This is hard. Why? Because I like Ole Miss. Okay. Well, then why is it hard? Uh, I think Alabama is better. So you going to pick Alabama? Yeah. Okay. Even if it's over Ole Miss or even if it's not over Ole Miss, Alabama's always going to win. Okay. All right. So. Towson is at Florida, the Gators. Okay. What's Towson? I have no idea. Let's see. It looks like a tiger thingy. Yeah, they kind of look like a tiger. Yeah. The Towson Tigers. Yep. That's what they are. I thought so. Mm, I think Florida. Okay. Florida's your pick. Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Mississippi State at Auburn. Mississippi State. You picking State? Mm-hmm. They're going to win? Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. I just like them better. <laughs> I think they're good. Okay. And then the last one, Kentucky at South Carolina. The Wildcats mm. versus the Gamecocks. I think Kentucky. Okay. Why? Because I've watched them play before, and they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. South Carolina's not very good, are they? No. <laughs> All right, so those are your picks. You got Kentucky, Mississippi State, Florida, Alabama, Vanderbilt, and Texas A&M. Yeah. I think you have good picks this week. And last time when I got at least one right, didn't take me get ice cream. <laughs> we'll go get ice cream. We have ice cream every day. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Beaver, she's holding my feet to the fire. She said, the last time I got one right, you didn't take me to get ice cream because she remembered that I told her I would. But, man, he's good. Yeah. You better take her for ice cream. No excuses. <laughs> if I find out somehow you didn't take her for ice cream, it's going to be trouble. Going to be trouble. And there should be, rightfully so. All right. Um, so those are Mary Lady's picks. Hope you all enjoyed those. We'll see how they do. Let's go to the phone. Patrick hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Patrick? Hey, what's going on, man? Um, I really, I don't know how I can follow up that little girl because <laughs> she just made some incredible picks. Yeah. I love those picks. I actually agreed with, I think, all but one, but we'll push that to the side. Okay. But uh, let me say, this is probably the worst college football week mm. as far as uh, anticipated matchups that we've had in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the only anticipated matchups we have are we have three USC versus Washington, which is a pretty, you know, everybody's going to be watching that game. That's two ranked teams. One. Yeah. Yeah, two ranked teams. I think that only happens twice in, yep. the, in the second one is Notre Dame and Virginia. Right. And uh, everybody. Everybody's big on Bronco, uh, Virginia's head coach. They think that that's going to be the next Michigan head coach uh, playing Notre Dame. We'll see how he do, how he fares against an elite team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love Notre Dame, man. Notre Dame is they're one of those teams. You know, everybody expected them to get blown out by Georgia, and they didn't. Yeah, the it was a close game. It was, and it was a good game. But the last one's going to be Cal Arizona State. Which is actually playing tonight at uh, nine thirty, which mm-hmm. is really weird. Whenever weird. games are played in California, they're super late. Mm-hmm. Um, you get Herm Edwards versus Cal, who just came off of a cheap victory against Ole Miss, and they're they're, but, uh, they're less than a touchdown favorite too. You know, it's a home game for Cal coming back home. They're four and zero, but they're less than a touchdown favorite. Arizona State's three and one. Uh, and they've lost one conference game. But you're right, Patrick. Listen, and I appreciate the call. I'm going to move on to the next one. But I'll tell you this, Patrick. I touched on it yesterday. I'm in lockstep with you. It's not a great weekend. You get two matchups in the entire country where there's ranked teams playing each other, and that's it, and it's week five. And there's a great example why the NFL will always be king over college football nationally. It's not just because of the markets. There's only 32 of them. The reason is – you got 32 teams, and every week is a big week in the NFL. Every week there are great matchups. We had Eagles-Packers on a Thursday night. We're getting Saints-Cowboys on a Sunday night, and you get way too many games in week five, and it's just another example why we don't need that. Thanks for the call. Lynn, you're up next on the Divinity Equipment phone. What's up, Lynn? Oh, not much, man. How y'all doing today? Great. Thank you. Uh, I just don't go uh, kind of pick you up a little bit today, Maggie. I just want to say, state fans, I know we we appreciate you, man, and we we we're, we're proud of you, and we we like what you've done and what you do, man. Uh, Thank you. I'm gonna call you every now and then for two or two or three times a week. I said I finally get my Facebook kind of working a little bit. I might just book you every now and then. I'm on the road a lot, so it's in and out. But I I enjoy listening to you and uh. Just wanted to say you're doing a good job, man. Thank so, you. Uh, yeah, I appreciate I'm get it. Off here and let's right. do what you do. Thank you. Appreciate the call, Lynn. Thanks for the kind words. And how about this? Uh, Rick on Facebook 
just commented and said he's watching from Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. Isn't that amazing? Somebody listening to the radio show and watching way, way across the pond, as they say. All right, here on the text line, wrapping up hour one. Res Dog says, I just watched your film of the Kentucky game. Schrader accelerates really fast. I know Stevens is the starter, but Schrader seems to bring an energy to the offense that's contagious. Looking forward to watching him play the next four years. Yep, he, he can run, no doubt. Matt, this is Patrick. He says, what about the 07 Egg Bowl? State came back after being down 14 to nothing late in the fourth. That was incredible. It really was. It all started by a decision to go for it on fourth down at midfield. Didn't get it. And the momentum turned just like that in State's favor. Um, in hour two, Planet Pearl, Mitchell, Bill, Sean, everybody, I'm going to get to your texts. Thanks for texting in. This will wrap up hour one. Hey, and listen, plenty of football to get to in hour two. I do want, though, some something else. Advertisements on jerseys. You think we're ever going to see that in American football? College football, the NFL, sponsors on jerseys? We're going to talk about it with somebody next. It's all up in that business uh, here on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.